Our text this morning is taken from the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 18 and verse 21. Proverbs 18, verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Everywhere we are bombarded, are we not, with clever marketing schemes and advertisements, uh, whether we see them on billboards or they are those annoying pop-ups that get in the way of the news article that we're reading and we're trying to, to find the little X, and they're very clever, aren't they, at where they bury that little X. They want to hook us, and they want us to respond and to purchase their product, to, uh, to buy their service that they are offering. And oftentimes, they are advertising that they have a secret. They have something that is very much not known. Many are unaware. They've got the solution. They've got the silver bullet. They've got that, that miracle diet. You've been trying to lose weight. You've been exercising. You've been dieting. But I've found that if you simply follow my 10-step process, and I'll share steps two, one and two with you, but the rest you've got to pay for. It's behind a paywall. Well, there are indeed, uh, many discoveries and many encouragements that, that we find. Not all of it is fraud. Thanks be to God that amidst all the lies of humanity, God, by His restraining grace, yet preserves a measure of truth and decency and accountability. At the very least, by way of how many stars a certain business has. And by the way, if you're running a business or thinking of starting one, know that only if you honor God and truly serve your neighbor, in time you will be blessed. But if you take the shortcuts, it will be shown. But what we have from Solomon here, what we have indeed from the Holy Spirit the spirit that came upon Solomon. You remember, boys and girls, when he was a young man and he was, he was thrust into the office of the successor of David, the king of Israel, he felt so inadequate. Uh, I'm, but a, I'm but a boy, Lord. And he loved the Lord. And in a dream, God gave him, as it were, a blank check. And he chose not riches, not victory over his enemies, not glory and fame. He asked for the very thing that would enable him to serve God and his people well, and that was wisdom. And because he asked for that good thing, God gave him those other things. Are you asking for wisdom in your prayers? 
You ask for many things. Are you asking for that which will enable you to glorify God and serve your neighbor best? Well, if you do, God will take care of the rest. The Holy Spirit through Solomon gives us a secret, a profound secret. Truly, it is an open secret. And that's what so many of these Proverbs are giving us. They are giving us open secrets. It's right there in the open, but most don't see it. They just pass by, nothing to see. But those with eyes to see and ears to hear, they will see. They will hear and they will respond. Will you? Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Consider the secret spring of life and death. First, this is a secret Understood uh, by very definition, a secret is known to a few. When the man in the parable uh, saw the field, it just seemed like any other field, nothing impressive. Maybe it had been uh, on the MLS for six months nine months, two years. It just won't sell. Maybe there was a stigma with it. Maybe, maybe it was contaminated. And uh, in order to buy it, you've got to deal with all kinds of governmental red tape. But a certain man, perhaps by meandering through it and stumbling upon something, and then brushing off some dirt and some clods of, of soil, he finds there's something in this field. And it's unspeakably wonderful. And so he, he, quit. he doesn't tell anyone. Maybe he's even holding it close from his very wife because he knows she's a gossip. And for her sake... I can't tell her right now. I will tell her eventually. But right now I've got to collect everything. I've got to open all those piggy banks, break them open, and, and try to find that other stash in that rusty old box tucked away in some corner. Empty all the bank accounts and run, and hopefully no one has discovered it before. That's what Jesus says the kingdom is like. It's an open secret. It's right there in the open. It's preached to the world. And it's there for the taking. But it is an open secret. Many are called, but few are chosen. The Lord doesn't give this heavenly wisdom from Proverbs. This wisdom that not only blesses us in this life, but all the more importantly, ripens and readies us for the life which is to come. 
It's not concealed. It's open. It's, it's promulgated. Lady Wisdom speaks. She raises her voice in the streets and she says, Come, I furnished my table. Everything's ready. But people are just passing by. They're, they're too busy. They're looking at their watch. They're checking the departure of their flights. They're checking their social media. They're so busy, they, they just don't see it. And Proverbs is this treasure that is full of wonderful, wonderful open secrets. Death and life is one of them. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. And it is a secret of the profoundest importance. The very power of life and death resides in the secrets. These are the ultimate realities. Men, men and women, boys and girls, they instinctively cling to life, pursue life. They instinctively avoid death at all costs. You all know, I trust you do, children of God, Satan isn't stupid. He's a very shrewd and clever rascal. He's perhaps been, and no doubt he has been, working at you this week in a very shrewd and clever way. Well, as he was in the business of attacking Job, he brings forth this this proverb, skin for skin, Yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life. Now, was that true or false? I dare say there's a fair amount of truth in it, though wickedly misapplied. At the end of the day, whether or not the Phillies win is not ultimate. It's not to suggest you can't enjoy a good Phillies game, but it's not ultimate. The issues of life and death are ultimate. Even relatively more important things than how the Phillies do in a certain season, uh, perhaps the success of a political cause, the vitality of the U.S. economy, or to bring it home to your own situation, your house, your car, many other things are of relative importance but wouldn't you give them all away if your life was at stake? Or one of your your precious children. (coughs) These are ultimate matters, and this secret doesn't just have to do with retrieving that retreating hairline or all the other things that, that draw our attention and are of only relative importance. This is life and death. Friends, we have gathered here every single Lord's Day. We have gathered here in the interests of ultimate questions. If this isn't true, you are wasting your time. But you know that it's it's true. And in fact, it is a Dreadful, dreadful surrendering of one's time to be so preoccupied with lesser things 
to gain the world and let yet lose your soul. So listen, listen. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Second, the secret has profound potential. Profound potential for good. Even the greatest good. Even life. We stress the the concept of potentiality because this is all conditional. Life is not automatic. There are certain conditions for life. And we have here something, a secret, that is a condition, a precondition for life itself. And those who not only know this secret, but who make use of the secret will reap profound dividends. Not just for others, but for themselves. The language here is the language of of, uh, cultivation, the farmland. Those who have a green thumb know the secret of the potentiality of the soil. Doesn't look like much right now. But if I put in the seeds, I prepare the soil first, give it the right uh, amount of water, and there will be fruit. There's potential here. It's not automatic. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. They are tethered to the tongue. They are attached to the tongue. The greatest interests of life and we know from the testimony of Scripture, it's not just biological life, it's, it's spiritual life. Jesus, He came to give us life and life more abundantly. It's very possible simply to have biological life. But what is that when there is no meaning, when there is no hope? We're living increasingly, aren't we, in a time of disillusionment. When all the the things that make life enjoyable multiply and multiply, and the conveniences that are the, the icing on the cake, they just abound in ways that would just boggle the minds of our grandparents. And yet there's a hollowness and an emptiness to the lives of these, especially the young generation. No wonder they they become attracted to, to nihilism. Even if not in a more philosophic way, in a very practical way. What what is life about? Why is it that we are seeing so many mass shootings? because the very soul of the United States is being hollowed out. There's life, and yet there is no life. Thou hast a name that thou livest, but thou art dead. Is that the way it is with you, my friend? You take in God's oxygen, 
that He envelops around this planet for you. And what do you do with it? You don't live for Him. You live for yourself. But you're dead while you live. And that's just the beginning. But there is such potential for life, and it's in a surprising place. It's not where you would find it, or you would expect it. Those who know of this capitalize on the potential. See, it's not enough just to know about the possibilities of life. And the possibilities in this instrument that God has put, this small little muscle, not very impressive outwardly speaking, but death and life are in the power of the tongue and there is such potential for good, but so often untapped. How many people back in, oh, I don't know, perhaps the, the 90s, maybe, maybe learned about this little upstart company out in California, some kid in his garage with a bright idea? They heard about it. It's kind of interesting. But there are other things I could invest in. 20 years later, oh, if only, if only I had put even just a fraction of my investments in that kid's little business out of his garage. But I didn't. See, it's not enough to know about the potential for good. There has to be a, an acting upon it, a capitalizing on the possibility. God is the God of possibilities. And friends, I don't say that. I don't say that in a, in a perverse way as so many other false teachers go about. But let's not, as the pendulum, overreact to the wicked and wrong abuse of God's truth. But there is this wisdom. There is this principle. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. It doesn't, it doesn't deny God's absolute sovereignty. No truths of Scripture ultimately conflict, but they sweetly comply and hold together. But the accent of this text is not in God's sovereign predetermination, which is true. The accent and the emphasis in this is in the getting the minds of men around the possibilities and the potentialities of this instrument that they have in their head. I think all of you do. I've not met with any mutes in this place. You've got one. Do you know about the potential and do you capitalize upon it for good. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. 
and not just pastor's tongue who can preach. I wasn't meant to preach. God didn't give me the gift of the tongue. I feel like Moses. Lord, I'm slow of speech. Can't you find somebody else? But if you have a tongue, you have potential. And not just a little potential. Think about that little girl in Syria. Wasn't her home. She was taken captive out of the land of Israel. And she had developed a natural affection for her master, General Naaman, and his wife, her mistress. And her heart naturally went out to General Naaman. He's a human being made in God's image. And he doesn't know the Lord Jehovah. He doesn't know his right hand from his left. What does she do? She uses her tongue. She says, there's a prophet in Samaria. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Those who know the secret of what yields life will love it, make use of it, and will in the end eat the sweet produce of such love. And that's a promise, and that's incentive that the Holy Spirit is pressing upon you, whether you will hear or whether you will forbear. Third, as the text indicates to us, this secret not only has profound potential for good, but there is profound potential for destruction and harm. The erosion of life, the complication of life, the infusing of pain and heartache so that no matter how wealthy you are, you're not happy. Death is in the power of the tongue. Just as there is potential for great good, even life, even life eternal, are we not saved by a tongue? In a sense. How shall they call on him whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent? But so also there is great potential for harm. Words that have a destructive force, whether in a more smooth way. I like that old King James term, soothsayers. So soothing. Such a gentle voice. So nice to hear. And he's such a handsome fella. Look at his smile. There on that cover. But behind those teeth are a forked tongue. Not all the time is it outright heresy. Sometimes it's half-truths, and half-truths can be poisonous. 
or obviously outright harmful language that is intentionally designed not to build up but to tear down. And not just harm for others, but there is a destructive force for those who are ignorant of the secret and who consequently do not use it for their benefit. You know, plutonium has profound potential for good. But if you don't know how to handle it, don't get anywhere close. It'll kill you. Just by virtue of handling it. You see, if you mishandle your tongue, you will destroy, you harm, if not destroy others, as well as yourself. By your words you shall be justified, and by your words you shall be condemned. It shall be so on the last day. The Lord, as it were, will play back what you said. And by those words you will be condemned. But even in our everyday life, the murmuring, the complaining, you know, there's always two ears to hear your tongue, even if no one else is around, to receive the mess of your words, your ears hear them, as you speak not healthy, wholesome words but words ultimately of rebellion against God. Not gratitude. You speak gratitude, and even if no one else hears it, you hear it, and it does good to your soul. But if you're always grousing, oh, that's so-and-so, or I'm never going to get out of this trap, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. And those who do not love it, they're not going to eat fruit. Or at least not any fruit that was meant to be digested. Fourth and last, the secret unveiled. Well, we've already unveiled it again. It's an open secret. This secret of death and life are not where you might expect to find the power of life and death. It's not in technology or science, as great as those things are. Not in nutrition or medicine, as useful and beneficial as those things can be. Not in the machinery of modern government or its modern military. Now, these are things that can be of great blessing. When godly men rule in the city, the city rejoices. But when the tyrant rules, oh, there is great sorrow. Nor even is the most formidable army on the face of the planet as dangerous, as lethal as the tongue. It's often been said, repeated from 
I believe one of the founding fathers, or perhaps someone even before them, that the pen is mightier than the sword. No, it's not even in nuclear power plants or weapons of mass destruction. No, that which is at the very center and the core to which life and death itself are tethered rests in the form, the force of human speech. Now, this is so surprising because the tongue seems so innocuous, so small and insignificant. Most of the time, we don't see it. Speech is considered weak. Well, you got words. Can you back them up? But really, the reason why this is so surprising to most people is because most people are fools. By nature, men and women do not fear the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom. Only when the Holy Spirit comes and turns the soul that is upside down, right side up, by the Word, the Spirit does not work without the Word, and don't you forget it. That's a part of our Reformed Confession. If you leave this place not knowing that, well, shame on us. But you have to have the Holy Spirit. It's not enough to have the Word. The Holy Spirit has to get through all the, the, the barriers and the, the fences and the razor wire of your soul to get this truth inside, to get this wisdom inside, and to evict your folly. Because foolishness is bound up in your heart from childhood, isn't it? That's why you had to get a whooping every once in a while. The fools stumble about in the day as though they were in the darkest dungeon that ever was. But to the wise, or as the Bible speaks of the perfect, that is, the mature, they understand the little-known secret of the tongue that fools by nature cannot seem to grasp. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. Now, this does not mean that bare human words in and of themselves can cause life and death. Solomon is not teaching Norman Vincent Peale's power of positive thinking. Nor is Solomon teaching what the false uh, prophets of the health and wealth gospel teach concerning words of faith. They have a kind of a pagan idea. So that almost like a like a an incantation, a kind of a spell, I use these words and it brings into being those things that I want, like God. That's not what this text is teaching us. And that's another one of those half-truths that will get you killed. Because you see, there's something here that's true in which they're saying, and they'll quote it, and it'll seem like, you know what? That is true. 
but it's misleading. That's the death. There's an example of the death and the power of the tongue. Nor does it mean that life and death are only in the power of the tongue so that we cannot say that physical exercise tends to life and violence tends to death. No words need not be spoken for life to be furthered and death to be hastened. That's not the point. But positively, the Bible is telling us, God is telling us that words always have a tendency to promote either life or death. They always do. Even small talk. Now, no small talk should be too small. There's a place for small talk, but there's an awful lot of small talk that's too small. Or too small for too long. In God's world, words always have a tendency to promote either life or death. In some cases, they can directly contribute to the preserving of life or its sinful deprivation, as in the case of Naboth. How did Naboth die, boys and girls? Because Jezebel spoke and men listened and then they spoke and then the stones came. That's what happened. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. On the other side, you see that words can be the instrument of rescuing and redeeming life. Paul's nephew, Paul, is a, he's, he's under guard, isn't he? And he doesn't know a vital piece of information that directly bears on his life. There are 40 guys out there who don't like Paul. And they so don't like Paul that they have decided, you know what, I'm going to fast until I kill him. Will you enter into a pact with me? Paul's nephew finds this out, and he goes straight to Paul, and he tells Paul, and Paul tells the centurion, and his life is spared so that he may go further and preach the gospel. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Sometimes God calls upon us not to be silent, but to speak in the interests of life. And silence can be complicity. But even more generally, words always either improve the quality of life or are destructive of its quality, even bringing about a kind of death while one lives. Sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Not so sure about that. Proverbs 12, 18 says, There it is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. Young people, be careful how you talk to brother or sister. Oh, but they're just words, Daddy. They're just words. Yeah, but words can hurt. And not all... Not all joking is sinful or unlawful, but there's a line that gets crossed. And if you're sensitive to God 
and your conscience, you're going to be careful not to cross that line because at some point it can hurt and demoralize and drain and defeat. If somebody doesn't have anxiety, they'll develop it. If they already have it, it will make it worse. And it's easy to say, well, so-and-so said this. You know what? We can, we can do all that scorekeeping as much as we want. Who's going to put it? Who's going to stop it? Who's going to start blessing and stop cursing? Why should one well bring forth sweet water and bitter? It shouldn't be that way. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. Now as we close, I ask you, do you know this secret? And do you love it? Again, there's wisdom is not just about knowing. That's knowledge. Wisdom is about knowing, appreciating, and implementing. And learning. And it is a cycle. The more I learn, the more I try, the more I get banged up. I didn't quite do it right, but I'm going to get up and try again and implement this principle, and I will learn and grow and develop and honor God. Our culture does not know this secret. Our culture is full of harmful words, bitter speech, even as they, even as they vilify hate speech. Some of the most hateful speech comes out of the mouths of those who vilify hate speech. I'm sure you've seen it. These are very bitter, unhappy people. They got a chip on their shoulder. There's so much verbal abuse. Marriages, broken, wrecks, not only because of things like infidelity, but because there has been a pattern of a destructive tongue. And that same tongue cannot seem to find these words and say them, I am sorry. You know, it's amazing just how much those words, if they are spoken meaningfully, can begin to bring about healing and restoration. And you know what? When you confess your sin, the better that you confess, the more the healing. Don't just say, well, I really didn't mean this, and if this happened and you got offended, I'm sorry. I'll say, you know what? I was insensitive. I wasn't thinking about you. And I said something, I said this, and it was hurtful. It was wrong. It was sinful. Will you please forgive me? Don't get theatrical about it, but just, just, just be meaningful. And yet, there's none of that grace. But we, by the grace of the Holy Spirit, we know this. Now, do we love it? 
will we implement it. They that love it, that is, they that take their knowledge and cultivate it in their marriages, with their children, with their brothers and sisters, with their, their, their fellow church members, in the community, even to unbelievers, yes, as you have opportunity, bless them, do good to them. If you have an opportunity, share the gospel, but, but realize that there's a lot more blessing than just sharing the gospel. We've got to love people and love people where they're at. And sometimes that means investing extra time in getting to know them and finding out how they tick and what happened with their grandmother who's on a respirator. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. <coughs> well, what we need, what we need from the tongue of God's messenger, we need hearing ears, and ears that hear, and hearts that respond. Hearts that know and learn and love and practice, and you will eat. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Don't give up in those relationships. Continue to invest. Sometimes it will take much longer than you ever had hoped. Don't grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you do not faint. And who knows the power of your gracious words in the lives of those who need them. So take heart and go and obey. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Amen. Let us close in prayer. Please rise.